0: Good morning. Well, the goal of the last three weeks was to get that song stuck in your brain, so hopefully it worked. Hey, I'm aware it's spring break, and we've got some people who are out of town for spring break, some who have chosen to come here for spring break. So if it is your first time, thank you for joining us. My name is Nathan, and I get the privilege of being pastor here. And we are a church, if it's your first time, that is simply about this. We want to be a place where you can connect with Jesus, connect with people, And connect people with Jesus. And so with that in mind, will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity to come together as as a body, as the body of Christ, and hear your word. So we pray that you would soften our hearts uh, to receive your word this morning. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I've got a question. I like to ask a lot of questions. A question for you. Do you ever notice what goes on inside of us when somebody walks away from us. Do you ever pay attention to what comes up inside when, when maybe you've been walking with a friend for a long time or in a relationship and somebody walks away? It's difficult. We saw this in the US Senate, if you were alive, back in 1994, Ben Nighthorse Campbell, he was a senator from Colorado, and one morning, he, uh, he had been thinking for a while, he woke up and he actually called the President of the United States and he said, I'm switching. The president said, what? And he said, yeah, I'm switching. I'm switching from the Democratic Party over to the Republican Party. And in the following days, he was labeled a traitor, and there was all kinds of vitriol just in the media written about him, and there were even some threats made against him. We saw this more recently in 2010, LeBron James. He made the decision. LeBron, who had grown up in Ohio, near Cleveland, played for the Cleveland Cavaliers, And he decided one day, you know what, I'm going to go elsewhere. I'm going to go to Miami. And in the following days, I mean, Cleveland just had all kinds of nice things to say about LeBron James. No, they burned his jersey. They took down banners of him. They said, we we won't even mention his name here again. And then I don't know if you heard about this one in 1995, um, ninth grade, little Nathan Harrison on the second day of basketball tryouts. You know what he did? He said, you know what, I'm leaving. Um guys don't try to stop me, all right? I am going to trade in the basketball shorts, and some of you have seen this. I'm trading in the basketball shorts for this. A skin tight wrestling singlet. And this is actually like a size large. I was a me- I was a small actually at that time. So, this is going to be my new preaching singlet, all right? But um sorry for that mental image. So, but actually nobody nobody chased me out the door but you know what you know how many state championships columbine won after that actually they won one like 2 years later but that's not the point right now okay <laughs> but something comes up inside of us when somebody goes wandering and yet that's something that's inside every single one of us we like to wander we wander all the time. And really, there comes a point, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago as we started walking through Luke chapter 15. There's a point where those who go wandering end up wondering Did I make the right choice? Am I ever going to get there? Am I ever going to find what I'm looking for? And we can understand when it's an innocent wandering off. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at this parable that Jesus told where this sheep, he says, Suppose there's a sheep that just wanders off from a flock. And those who were listening and heard them that day would have gone, oh, I get that. I, I can get on board with that. I mean, the sheep was just looking for food. And we can even understand when maybe it's not somebody doesn't realize what they're doing, but it's somebody else's doing. And Jesus told a story, kind of like that, where there was a woman who lost a coin. She overlooked it or neglected it or something, and the coin went missing. And we can understand. We can understand when something is lost that way. But what about when it's intentional? And it's not a Senate thing, and it's not a basketball thing, but this is a human being thing. When those in our lives make decisions to intentionally go out the door or go a different direction than where we thought they were. And and one day, some people were sitting around listening to Jesus, and they said, I want to know. I want to know because there were those who were listening to Jesus who thought they knew how God saw that. They could forgive the wandering off that was innocent and they could forgive the wandering off that was due to somebody else. But when you intentionally walk out the door, and so Jesus told another story in Luke chapter 15 that Ryan started us on last week. And it's about this son, if you've never heard it, it's about this man who has a couple sons and the youngest son goes to the dad and in the most, maybe the most insulting thing he had ever experienced, the son says, dad, whatever you were gonna give me when you die, I want that right now. I just want you to give me that right now because I want to go. I want to walk out the door. We, we actually experienced a little bit of this. My wife and I went on a vacation about a month ago. And our kids stayed home with aunt and uncle. And right before we were going to head to the airport, our son, Lincoln, came up to me and he said, Hey, Dad, here's how he started. If you guys don't come back. I was like, why, why do we have to take it there, Lincoln? If you guys don't come back. And I'm, I'm ready for this expression of love. You know what he said? Can I have your bed? (laughs) If you don't come back, can I have your bed? I said, love you, buddy, thank you. Thank you so much. But this is what this son did to his father on a far worse scale. And it says he ran off into this far country and he squandered all that wealth in wild living. And he got to a point where he began to be in need. And so he went to a farmer and he said, hey, can I work for you? And he ended up working with the pigs. That that farmer had. And that's where we're going to pick up this morning. Ryan Ryan ended around this point last week. But this is where we're going to pick up. This is Luke chapter 15. And this this really communicates the heart of what we've been talking about these last few weeks. That God doesn't only wonder where the wandering are. But he misses them. God misses the misplaced. And if God misses the misplaced. Then that means something for this place. And we're going to discover what that is in this story. So Luke chapter 15, verse 17. When he came to his senses, this is the son who ran off. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. Here I am starving to death. And we get this. I mean, you could see this a mile away watching this guy. He, he pursues what he thinks is going to fill him. And it does for a little bit. And then where, where does he end up? Hungry. And what's true of the younger son is very true. I think everybody in here would admit in our honest moments, what's true of him is true of us. That eventually we get hungry. It's the principle that hopefully, I think every parent lives by at the dinner table. You know, when, when a child says, I don't want to eat this. You, oftentimes what you say is, well, it's that or it's nothing. You can eat that, or the next time you're eating is tomorrow morning at breakfast. And kids usually storm off. And uh, parents, you just learn not to worry about it because eventually the child is going to become hungry. The child's going to become hungry. And that's where the younger son is here. Well, he gets a plan together. Listen to this, verse 18. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you I am no longer worthy to be called your son. And then make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. Now, do you notice that plan? There's something about that plan that is very familiar for all of us. There is something that happens that when we feel like we, or realize we have walked out or betrayed somebody, the first thing that comes to my mind is what can I do? do? What can I do? It's as if we think that we will somehow regain our worth in someone else's eyes, in our Heavenly Father's eyes, if we just work our way back. And this is a human mentality. This was not back then in Jesus' day. This is the human condition. We think we can work our way back to greater worth with our Heavenly Father. But think about it. If the child walks off from the dinner table because they don't want to eat what was set in front of them, and they eventually get hungry and they come back, what parent would say, I'm sorry, you no longer have a place at the table? We would never say that. We would never say, hey, if you mow the lawn flawlessly for the next year, if you change the oil on the car, if you do all the dishes flawlessly, well, then we'll talk about your spot at the table. We would never do that. And yet, that's how we see God. Too easily, that's how we see God. That I can just work my way back into his favor. And so this is the younger son's plan to go back to the father. So he sets out, goes back to the father. And then, next part of verse 20. But while he was still a long way off. If you feel... A long way off from God. This part's for you. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him. Do you know he sees you? You're a long way off. Do you know he sees you? His father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And too often, we said this two weeks ago, we think he's filled with anger, we think he's filled with disappointment, we think he's filled with regret. And Jesus says, no, no, the father is filled with compassion. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. You notice the pursuit here? This is the common thread throughout Luke chapter 15. Sheep goes wandering, and the shepherd pursues. Coin goes missing, and the woman sweeps the house and lights up everything in the pursuit of finding it. Son runs off, gets hungry, and while he's still a long way off, the father runs To him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Now, do you remember the original plan? The original plan was to say what the younger son just said, but eight more words Make me like one of your hired servants. The plan was to work his way back into some level of worth to the father. And he never got those eight words out. And the reason he never got the eight words out were because his father cut him off. His father cut him off, not in a sharp rebuke, but in something far better. But the father said to his servants, verse 22, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. See the younger son thought he was going to serve his way back. But these are not servant's clothes. These are not servant's clothes that the father is saying to put on the younger son. Verse 23, bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for this son. Not servant, this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. And in that moment, everyone who would have been standing around listening to what Jesus was saying, you know what they would have thought back to? Verse 2 of this chapter. It was the thing they'd been complaining about and muttering about. They said, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And Jesus, in telling this story, you know what he says? Amen. (laughs) That's right. God is a God who welcomes sinners and eats with them. In other words, God looks at you and he looks at me and you know what he says? I don't want you to work your way back. I want to welcome you back. I don't want you to earn your way back or have to work and work and work and work to regain favor. I want to welcome you back. You've always had my favor. So that dinner table picture, that comes out of just personal experience in our house. Every single one of our children at around the age of three for the first time decided to try not eating what was in front of them. And so Lainey did it, and True did it, and most recently Lincoln did it, and usually it goes some, some version of the food gets set down in front of them and everything's by appearance, right? And most recently Lincoln said, this is disgusting. <laughs> After Kara had spent a couple hours on a meal, and Lincoln just said, disgusting. It's the longest word I've ever heard Lincoln say. <laughs> not the best first long word to say. We said, all right, you can head to your room and you can think about whether you want to eat tonight or if you want to wait till tomorrow morning. And you know, he's, he's full of motivation. He's like, fine. (laughs) Struts up to his room. The girls are like looking at us and in our minds the whole time is he's going to get hungry. He'll get hungry. Well, about five, 10 minutes goes by and we're all talking around the table and you see this little head peek around the wall from the stairs. He's like looking around. And so, finally, we said, Lincoln, and he's got this scowl. Hmm. Mm -mm." And so, finally, what we decided to do as a a family was uh, start welcoming him back to the table. Started going, Lincoln, 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 Lincoln. And slowly, step by step, we get this. And by the time he got 12 feet back to the table, he's doing this too. He gets to a seat. He says, I'm ready to eat now. (laughs) Did you know that the father, he doesn't want you to work your way back. He wants to welcome you back. And Jesus could have stopped the parable right here. And he could have looked around at all of them and said, the father's heart for the younger son, well, that's the story of all these tax collectors and sinners that you're complaining about me eating with. And he could have said, that's the Heavenly Father's heart for all of us. But Jesus, knowing that there were were teachers of the law and there were Pharisees that were watching, he decided to bring them into the story. And those who'd been watching what Jesus was doing, he decides to add on to the parable. And he says, you know what else God is like? Well, God even deals with those who are watching, who have the same attitude. So, what happens is over the next couple verses, singlet, sorry, um, over the next couple verses, you discover that there's an older brother out in the field. And he hears this celebration going on and he calls to the other servants and he says, what's going on? And they said, well, your younger son, the one who walked off, who insulted your father, he's back. And your father has decided to kill the fattened calf and throw a celebration for him we pick up in verse 28 and what I think is a very understandable place. Verse 28. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. I get this. I get it. So his father went out and pleaded with him. Do you see the pursuit? Again. Even those who had an attitude that needed correction. The father went out and he pleaded with them. But the father... Or the son answered his father, verse 29. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving. Not serving, the word he chose was slaving. I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a younger goat, a young goat, so I could celebrate with my friends. Do you notice the emphasis there? The older son, like many of us, what happens? is we look around and we look at the grace and the pursuit of other people, and it's easy to look at ourselves and focus on ourselves, and we start comparing with them, and we assume we're forgotten by him. That's what happens. It's what happens when when we start to look at our work, when we emphasize on our doing, on our ability to get right with God. He continues, verse 30, but when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. This parable is is commonly known as the parable of the lost son. But maybe, maybe it should be the parable of the lost sons, plural. Because one son wandered off into the far-off country of wild living, But another son was wandering in the nearby field of his own faithfulness. And one thought he could earn and work his way back to his worth. And the other thought his worth was built on the work that he had already done. But the place of wandering is really not distance. And it's not location. The place of wandering is really that place where we become disillusioned with who we are that we think if i just work hard enough i'm going to be right with him. Jesus would Jesus would say that's that's lost. That's wandering. It is and what we do is this attitude of the older brother is real easy to pass on. It's really easy to pass on to those who are coming through the doors that somehow you just work your way into worthiness in God's eyes. And we we try to play bouncer at the door of God's celebration. And Jesus is looking at these guys right now saying, if you want to play bouncer at the door of God's celebration, you're still standing outside the celebration. And so it raises a question for us. What message are we passing on? As the church worldwide, but also here at West Bowls. Do people have to work their way back to get right with God? I I totally understand this. In fact, who in here is an oldest sibling? Okay, so you know, we're the favorites, right? You know, okay. Yeah, oldest siblings, we get it, okay? God decided it with the birth order, we're the favorites, all right? I remind my younger sister of that all the time. But when I was in high school, I remember I had this curfew, midnight. Nathan, you got to be in by midnight. I was like, okay. And I faithfully held up that curfew, didn't I, mom and dad? Faithfully. Yet, don't look at them right now. Okay, so faithfully upheld that curfew, well, my younger sister, five years younger than me, she gets into high school, and one night, I noticed she came in at like 1.15, and I was like, oh, I cannot wait for tomorrow morning, she is so busted, and so we get up the next morning, I was like, mom, dad, guess what time Kyla came in the door last night? They were like 1.15, I was like, yep, <laughs> what's her punishment? They are like, nothing. I was like, What? They're like, yeah, her curfew's won, and she got delayed, and she explained everything to us, and we understand. I was like, what? (laughs) That's not what you held me to, and that's not what I got grounded over a couple times. How is this happening? See, we get it, don't we? We start focusing on ourselves and looking around and comparing to others, and we think that we've been forgotten about. And really, this is an issue of overlooking what the Father has already given us. Jesus, in verse 31, the Father's reply to the older son, my son, it's a reminder, my son, not my servant. Everything you just said was about what you can do. I want to talk about who you are. My son, the Father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. Do you know what that means? You know what that statement means? It means you have access. You have access. When you decide to entrust your life not to your own work and your own ability and your own capacity, but to the work of Jesus on the cross, you know what happens? You get access. And I know everybody in here knows, well, there's the eternal salvation. But he says, no, 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 you actually have access now. You have my spirit You have access to, what did the Father say? Everything I have is yours. And so when we look around at one another and we look at those who are coming through the doors and we start forming an opinion or trying to play bouncer, you know what we've overlooked? What are you worried about? Jesus says, you already have all that you need in me. Because our worth, and this is the point Jesus is getting to, our worth is not tied to our work. It's tied to Jesus work. You want to know how you how you how God values you? It's the cross. You look at the cross. You don't look back at your history of your faithfulness or what you think is your faithfulness or I don't look back at mine. We look at Jesus work on the cross because our worth is tied to his work. And we have to remember all that comes with that. There was a saying in our house growing up. My dad whenever we had people over, they always put food out. And and there would be this spread of food. And I remember my dad would always say, you are welcome here. You do not have to pay for this food. But if you leave hungry, it's your fault. (laughs) If you leave hungry, it's your fault. Because you have access. And I have access. We all have been given access through the work of Jesus on the cross. The question is, will we accept it? And the parable ends... With this. But we had to celebrate and be glad as a church. Are we glad? See, a couple of weeks ago we talked about how God feels when the lost are wandering. And last week Ryan talked to us about how the wandering feel as they're wandering. But today is really about how do we feel as the church, as those who receive, those who walk in the door, who are maybe coming home. How do we feel? Are we glad? He said, but we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. You know what that means? It means that if God misses the misplaced, they're always welcome in this place. It's not work your way back. It's welcome them back. And if that's true in God's eyes, And if that's true of the kingdom that Jesus is speaking about through these chapters of Luke, then that's got to be true of us. And that's got to be true of West Bulls Community Church. It's not work your way back. It's welcome them back. So as the worship team comes up to close, one thought, Luke 15, as we wrap up this few-week series, Luke 15, it's so interesting to me because it begins at a table. With a celebration At the beginning of the chapter There's this picture of Jesus at a table Eating and celebrating And as the parable And as the chapter goes along You notice there are more people joining Jesus At the table There's a shepherd Who who found his lost sheep There's a woman Who found her lost coin There are their neighbors there There are their friends there There are angels there, if you read what Jesus says. There are angels there. In fact, all of heaven is around that table. But at one point during the meal, the father, you know what he does? He gets up and he runs out the door. He runs out the door of the celebration that he has thrown. You know why? Because he sees a son. He sees a younger son who had wandered into the the far country of wild living. And at some point, that son had been wandering. He began wondering, is this all there is? You know what the father said? Of course not. Come inside. And then the father runs to this field, to this older son who had wandered and been wandering into the nearby field of his own faithfulness. And he looked around and began wondering, is this all there is? And the father looks at him and says, of course not. Come inside. And now the father, you know where he is? He looks at you and he looks at me. And regardless of whether your story is wandering in the far country of wild living or wandering the field of your own faithfulness or anything in between, there's a point where we all start wondering, is this all there is? And he looks at you and he looks at me and he says, of course not. Come inside. So as the worship team closes, if you want to accept that invitation, there will be Stephen ministers around the sanctuary here To lead you in that decision. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you that you are a Father who is filled with compassion for each and every single one of us, regardless of what our story of wandering is. Would you write that on our hearts every moment, whether we're awake or whether we're asleep? Would you deepen that in our hearts that you are a God who you wonder about the wandering so much that you pursue and you invite? back to the table. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.